You're listening to the Double Dose Podcast with Dr. Trish. And Jeff Todd. Hello, Dr. Trish. Welcome back. Hi, Jeff. I think 2022 is going to be a big year. We're going to see a lot of positive things in 2022. Really? No, no, okay. I really don't actually, but I'm being positive because you keep telling us, you keep telling me how positive our guest is today. And then he is this beacon of positivity. So I He's don't- He's inspirational. And I don't want to be the rusty curmudgeon of the group. Okay. Well, everybody who's listening who knows you, we all know you're the rusty curmudgeon. I'm either happy or rusty. Like it's, there's not a lot in the middle. Yeah. You've been crotchety this week. Yeah. Yeah. I have been, but we'll save that. I'll save that for the new podcast couch sessions or something (laughs) where where we hire a shrink to break down. Oh, we don't need a shrink. I can break this down really quickly. I don't need your sidewalk psychology. Introduce, introduce our first, our guest today. Chuck Beckham. Welcome. Hey, thank you for having me here. So I'm grateful to be here. I'm happy to have you here. Chuck has Chuckisms. He uh, he makes he inspires me to work out. So I had an accident and I lost some strength in an arm, and I was determined to get it back. And I looked up a website that was convenient between home and work, and I actually saw a woman who had arms that I wanted. So I hate to tell you, Chuck, you didn't draw me in. It was your wife. Hey, that actually was the plan. <laughs> so I married up for sure. You did. <laughs> that, the, Which brings me to a great story. Chuck said that when he met his wife, their, one of their first dates, they went to the lake and she was in a bikini and he knew he had to date her. And I said, contrary to most men going on dates with women in bikinis, that would have ended any future with him. With his wife, it did not. Oh, I was like, I cannot screw this up. <laughs> My prayers have been answered. <laughs> that's, a, that's a strong first date story there. Yes. So introduce what Chuck does. Okay, Chuck is the owner um, and... Innovator of Titanium Fitness, and that's how I know him. Um, they have an office here in St. Louis, in Brentwood, and we can go through all that information if people are interested in contacting him. Um, but Chuck and his wife are both bodybuilders and started this business a few years ago, and I'll have you go through your history. Um, but Chuck is inspirational in, in that he is seriously not annoyingly, really a happy guy. Like you don't get a bad day and there has to be a bad day for you once in a while, but I've never seen it. I usually keep it to myself. Wow. Or I'll like take a deep breath and I just, I kind of figure out more how to solve the problem than be emotional about it. I like it. That's kind of my go-to. That sounds like a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> so I, I know a lot of people think I'm fake though. They do. I, can, they, I haven't seen anything fake about you. You're I, completely genuine. I'm not stating you're fake. For the record, I'm saying that I think you're a powder keg that you could explode at any second. And this is very dangerous to be in this room with you. Is that true? Yes. Do you, <laughs> okay. Fair enough. I can't see. I wouldn't say dangerous, but yeah. I, I can't see you being dangerous. I could see you being protective and dangerous in a protective stance, but I can't see you being violent. There's been two times in my life where I like just was went hawk, you know, so. Really? And it was in a situation where I was either threatened or somebody else was. And I was like, let's go. Or whoever he was training that day didn't put in enough effort. (laughs) Yeah. Herford wasn't getting it done. No. Some days you go in there, you don't want to work out. And he goes, exercise, nature's coffee. It is. (laughs) It is. He's like a male you. (laughs) No, but it really does wake you up. You always feel better when you're... When you're done, I always tell people that I see when I'm, I'm leaving, I go and the, or they're leaving, I'm coming in. They say, bye, Chuck. And I go, it's the greatest phrase we have. <laughs> Goodbye, Chuck. <laughs> Goodbye. Because <laughs> he'll work you. Personal training is your thing. One-on-one predominantly. And then um, do you do teams as well? Yes. Yeah. We train hockey, uh, hockey teams. 
out in Afton, Missouri here. I've been doing that for six seasons now. And uh, but mainly personal training. That's our like, you know, bread and butter. That's what we really focus on. We do a small group as well in some classes outside. So take us through your timeline. Share with us your background and how you got into personal training. And then we'll talk about the impact of COVID on your your business. Sure, sure. So I'll start out with, uh, I used to be overweight as a kid and not motivated. Then freshman year of high school, I uh, started wrestling. And I, I like knew who, I knew that I wasn't supposed to be the person I was. You know what I mean? So how did you choose wrestling? Did somebody choose it for you or you wanted to, to change? It was like, a, they gave us a list of activities and I thought, well, I watch pro wrestling. It can't be much different. Well, it really is. So I did, I did that and, uh, I lost 45 pounds and, uh, it changed my body and my mind, you know, and, and like girls would actually talk to me and look at me before they were like disgusted with me. For real? For real. How tall were you? I was about... I guess that I've had about six foot. I'm six one now. And I actually weighed the same in middle school as I do now. It's just different. Yeah. Huh. We'll go through that too. But I uh, like that. Yeah, that was cool. So it, it I, I had that experience. I've been on both sides of the spectrum. I've been overweight, not motivated, depressed. Didn't really have a lot of self-worth of myself, very low confidence. But then I changed it because I wanted to change it. I was like, you know what? I can do better than this. So that started with wrestling. I started wrestling. Then I started working out. Did wrestling, because wrestling's changed a lot since I was in high school. You know, you have rules about cutting weight and what you can and cannot do. You were probably before that time. They, they still cut a weight, cut weight, but I was actually heavyweight. I was the heavyweight guy. Oh, so you needed some weight. They wanted you out there smashing something. Yeah, I just, uh, it was an open spot and I weighed like, the, the cutoff was 215. I weighed 217. And then uh, I so didn't even mean to, to lose weight. <laughs> yeah, it, well, it, it came off me like naturally. Like I didn't even really, you know, I just started exercising more, you know? So I, now I did sports as a kid, but I went through like a, a period of time when, uh, I just didn't, like, I ate like White Castles for breakfast and then McDonald's after school, you know, so. When's the last time you had McDonald's? Um, it was actually, um, I think February of maybe 2021. There you go. I just recovered from COVID and uh, it was like breakfast, but. You wanted to taste it. Well, I was in a car and that was like the only option we had. Like we had a car full of people on like a business trip. There so you go. when I worked for that one COVID company, uh, oh, that's in right. the past, yeah, temporarily. But, All right. Uh, so you, you were into wrestling. Mm-hmm. You were the fat kid. Mm-hmm. You dropped weight to be slim and more attractive to the young high school population. Yes. And then what? Did you change your life dreams after that? I started to think about them. Like I, I just, it just kind of happened. It wasn't like I wrote a book or wrote, wrote a piece of paper down, like what I wanted, you know, the outcome to be. It just kind of evolved. It was like an evolution. And I, I guess I got hooked because I enjoyed the way I felt, you know, and I felt more confident in myself. And I'm like, you know, I like this. So I got like a little taste of it. And I just kept going and going. And then I graduated high school. And then my buddy Cyrus, Cyrus the virus, if you're listening out there, um, He's actually in St. Louis too. He said, do you want to do a bodybuilding show? I'm like, well, what's that? So he showed me the magazine. I'm like, oh yeah, I see these at Deerberg's all the time. So it was like a flex magazine or whatever. So I did my first show when I was a teenager and I liked it. It's going through the process of competing is like, it's horrible. The, the, the old school way, I guess. When what's, you used to like, what's that going? What, what's so horrible? I mean, are you just not eating or you're eating crummy e- egg, e- eggs? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's very, uh, a very boring diet, if you will, like, you know, meat and vegetables and, and I wasn't doing it right. I wasn't eating enough and and super strict. Like you can't just go out and I'd have to bring my, my food with me, like to the Olive Garden or something, you know, it was just kind of weird at the time. But now I, I know if I go out to eat, I know what to get. I've educated myself on it. So fast forward, um, graduated high school in 2008. I'm sorry. Graduated high school in 2001, college in 2008, 
And um, in college, I was, I did personal training. I worked at Costco first and then I just started, uh, I kind of had like a light switch went off after I did this one show. How did you do in your first show? First show, I got sixth place. Really? Yeah. How many entries? Seven? There was like 13. Oh, okay. It was quite just a bit. You. No, it was, <laughs> yeah. No, that was six out of six. <laughs> but uh, I actually, it took me quite a bit to realize that to be ready when you step on stage. I really wasn't ready yet. I just did it to do it. But I'm glad I did it because it created a whole new life for me. Wow. You know, so um, I was working at Costco at the time and then I left Costco to pursue personal training at Gold's Gym on Dorset. And I did that while I was in college and I graduated uh, college uh, 2008 at Lindawood. And then I had like 23 interviews in Missouri to be a teacher, a PE teacher, and no luck. I even had like uh, building interviews and I was like, what the heck did I get myself into? And this was 2008, right? The crash happened. Everybody, was, everything was upside down. I'm like, all right. So uh, my, my father-in-law at the time told me about this little island called Galveston off the coast of Texas. So I went there and- uh, Texas. Texas, Tejas. Yeah. I went to Galveston Island. And then like a few days before we left, I said, oh, what the hell? I'll just uh, see what's out there, you know, uh, for jobs. So there was two openings. I applied. They called me back and I got hired on the spot when I went down to Galveston. So I got a, I got a souvenir, a job as a souvenir on vacation is what happened. And how long did you live there? I lived there for a little over two years. Hurricane came. Um, and then I was with my first wife and we split. Then I, I'm like, and I kind of got home. I wanted to go back home, you know, and. So I um, went, I love Texas, by the way, though. If you guys want to know somewhere to live, go to Texas. It's oh, great. come on. It's a great state. Uh, I didn't say anything. I hear this all the time. It's true. From it's the, true. I yeah. work with a guy who has Texas on his license plate. Oh, really? Not anymore. I got rid of it. Nice. <laughs> can, can, can I tell you guys a quick story? Yeah. So nope. I no, had, this is not about you, <laughs> I got it. It, it, it Lines up with Jeff was saying. So um, I actually had a sinus infection and I went to the beach on my lunch break and I'm like, dude, I got to do something. I feel terrible. So I swam in the ocean or in the Gulf. And then guess what? Dolphins popped up. I swam with dolphins on my lunch break. That's awesome. Did your sinus infection go away? Yes. Okay. It, it did for like about six hours and it came back up like, dang it. Here's okay. the other kicker so, about Galveston. You have to understand. <laughs> The water is not beautiful. Yeah, it's brown. It's brown. Oh, it's so like the, Carlisle. Yeah. So like the greatest ripoff, I used to take my kids there every spring break. And our spring break here is the off season of their spring break. So there's no one on Galveston. It's empty. And I used to get this. This is a, I, thought, I love this story. So I used to the San Luis. The, the yeah. Hotel San Luis. So there's a suite at the, the San Luis, a, a nice resort that. It's nice, but it's not crazy, but it's resort style. So it's got a nice pool with the swim up bar and they play music and, you know, it feels very resortish, right? And there's no one there. And I used to get this suite upstairs and it was like 160 bucks a night for this suite. And the thing my kids loved about it was it had French doors that walked into the suite. And so it was fancy because it was, and it was just like a two bedroom it was like two queen beds, but they called it a suite and it had French doors. So my kids thought it was the fanciest thing in the world. And so for the longest time we'd go there and I'd get it every year. I'd call them and I'd reserve it. And they loved it because they'd go down to the pool and the, they'd bring breakfast to them at the t at pool side. They could swim up to the bar and get a little, you know, a little orange juice. So the kids thought it was super fancy and the whole vacation would cost like nothing because it was off season. So everything was cheap. It was just Perfect. And then my damn in-laws decided that they should take the whole family. We should all go to um, Destin or outside of Destin. Beautiful beaches. And then Amazing. My, and my kids saw the difference between Galveston beaches <laughs> and Florida beaches. Now they're like, Galveston sucks. We don't go back. <laughs> and now same vacation, six times the price tag to go because I, I can't go back to Galveston because I mean, time, I like, would, this is a dump here. Dad. I would expense your in-laws this differencing price. It's it's like an ultimate tease because in December it's low tide and the water is blue from the, all the, as far as you can see all the way to the beach. 
So the reason why I've done a little experiment when I was in Galveston, the reason why it's like brown is because the sand is a, it's not as heavy as the sand in Florida and it gets churned up. And I, cause I just, I'm like, you know what? This water doesn't, I'm going to see how dirty it really is after swimming the Mississippi river, you know? Right. So I would pick, I would just take my hand, scoop up the water. I'm like, it was crystal clear. I could see all my fingerprints. I'm like, it's the freaking sand. It's not the water. It's the sand. So it's just but, a different beach. Yeah, so if people yeah. go for a beach life, they often don't love Galveston because it doesn't, you don't necessarily roll into Galveston and go, oh, wow, look how beautiful this is. Like you do at Destin mm-hmm. or any of that kind of stuff. But it is like, it's a big deal in Texas. Like Galveston's like where it's at. And spring break, it's pretty rowdy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, it depends on who shows up, right, Trish? This is where Chuck's <laughs> first marriage ended. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Actually, yeah. Shortly after. Oh no. no. No, I'm kidding. Um, okay. So you move back to the Midwest. Yes. And you're, you've been a teacher. Are you still teaching here? For one year. Um, I got a, I actually went to boat mechanic school. They call it, called it adult Marine school, boat mechanic school. It was at, it was at Camden high school. And I did that for, that was a nine month program. And then I got a um, job as a boat mechanic. And I, one of the things I thought I would regret, but I don't anymore is I got offered a job teaching at the school while I was a student because we were giving blood one day and this kid passed out and I did CPR, not CPR, but I first aid and I woke him up and the supervisor was right there. She's like, oh my God, you just saved his life. But really I didn't, but it was just, I would go with it. So she, yeah. So she offered me a job, uh, working at special ed. Oh, and I, I said, I'm going to move back to St. Louis. And then I thought about like, why the heck did I do that? But if I would have said yes, I wouldn't probably be talking to you right now. I wouldn't have met my amazing wife, Diana and started our, you know, dreams here. And yeah. So, and then, um, so then I did, so then I was a para, I worked in special. I was like a bouncer, basically. <laughs> I worked in a special in special ed at Lincoln County School District, Detroit Middle School. I worked with the worst kids in the in the school district. And were you successful with that? I was. Because I was. You're a, happy. Yes, and, and you have a commanding presence. Thank you. I guess. <laughs> I guess too, because I so it was my first day. And there's this kid named Miles. Miles, if you're listening, what's up, buddy? Is an AKA Hudson. Yes. So I was, maybe, uh, maybe I didn't know who this kid was. He just, he was wearing a super, Superman cape. He was real happy. And I could tell there was some issues, but I thought, oh, well, let's, let's make the best. Let's see what I can do here. It's an experiment. I use that word a lot to, to myself. It's, it's like a social experiment. I'm an experiment <laughs> in more ways than one. Yeah, I know. So anyways, I say, hey, you want to play uh war or Uno? And so I was playing cards with one of the, worst behaved kids in the whole school. And then all of a sudden, like the head principal comes by, the police officer come by and they're like looking at the doorway, looking in through the doorway at me. I'm like, oh, I'm not in trouble. So then- after, Yeah, he's going there for an education. He's playing cards. So, Texas Hold'em. Yeah. Uno, right. It was break time for about an hour <laughs> and a half. But anyways, fast forward, uh, they offered me a job. I said, yes. And then I volunteered uh, for football and track and uh, weightlifting and then um, I got my first Missouri job, Missouri teaching job at Bowling Green, Missouri. I did that. And that was really cool. I had a little, get this. I had a house that I rented, $270 a month. The, the roof did the wave. I'm not kidding you guys. It, went, <laughs> like, it was like up and down. But uh, so then I met Diana. In um, Bowling Green? No, th- I'm sorry. Uh, in St. Peter's at the Gold's Gym there. So then I fast forward a little more. Um, I, uh, we got married. Um, and then one day we were sitting in bed and she said, do you want to start a personal training business with me? And I said, without hesitation, like, let's do it. I got my Nikes on, let's do it. Right. So we did it. And I started with zero clients and, uh, Devin was my first, uh, client that I trained, uh, out in St. Peter's. And then, so the nice thing about a teacher was I had to have an exit plan. Right. So I still got paid for June, July, August but I resigned like in April when all the contracts are due. And I said, it's either sink or swim. So I sat my butt down at a little gym in uh, Clayton called Muscle Up Fitness. And uh, I just, I was there all day with no clients. And eventually the owners knew I was serious. So they started referring, you know, people would walk in, I could talk to them and 
I go to Starbucks and do that whole ordeal over there. And then, um, and within three months I was like, okay, I can do this. And then within six months I got booked up or I couldn't take anymore. So I asked Diana if she could help me. So she left nursing or she went part-time and then she got busy at titanium. And then we started hiring on trainers and then we were there for, I guess, about five years. And then we realized it's time for us to get our own space. So we found a, now here, here's something that I thought was kind of out there. You guys ready for this? Uh-oh. Okay. We, we found, we were like, we need to get out of this gym. It got to be a little bit too, too much, a little toxic, you know, a lot of negative energy. And I'm like, uh-uh, I'm not going to deal with this. So we found our own spot. And it was, it used to be a gym. It was called Tone Fitness. It used to be a gym. It was ready to go. Just all I needed was mirrors and equipment, a little bit of paint here and there. So we, uh, we signed the lease two days later, Wellbridge, all their old equipment became available two days later, same week. I know I'm like, okay, I guess this was meant to be. So we got that equipment and then we I still had 11 months left on a lease at the other gym. So I had, I paid double leases for like 11 months. And, um, and then by then, let's see, I guess it was 2019 and then de December of 19 and then January, February 20, we had our best year. And then guess what? That little pesky virus, that freaking COVID bomb went off. And imagine this, you guys, just picture this for a minute. You've worked really hard, you know, like a lot of people do. You should work hard if you don't. Um, but in three weeks, 80% of our business income was gone and we couldn't do anything about it. And I'm just like, okay, let's put on the boxing gloves and let's, let's go back to work. And, but then we had to close down and we had to do the shutdown thing. How, how long were the gyms closed? Three in months. Total? And then after they reopened, what kind of restrictions did the gyms have? You had to wear a mask when you came in. We had to check temperatures, um, sit, you know, try to be the distance thing, um, six feet apart. But how do you check a temperature six feet apart? Right. Right? You can't. So anyways, I, I'm... Well, we talked about this, working out in a mask, do you actually get a better workout? Because, you know the exercise intensity if you use lactic acid or effort has to go up with mask wearing but i don't know that any anybody's ever looked at that but i know they have a mask that's called the elevation mask and i've seen people wear those like way before covid and i guess it's supposed to be like if you're in it's like borderline hypoxia yeah yeah, yeah. Right. i mean that's the idea increase it's, your it's kind of like a uh poor man's altitude <laughs> Right. You can't, you can't, oh. if you can't go to Denver and do training, you can put on the mask, try to, try to simulate altitude. Ugh. I love it. That's so funny. I mean, that was, we used to have people come and train at the University of Wyoming all the time because we're at 7,000 feet. So, really? I didn't realize that. 7,000 yeah, feet? Yeah. The highest, uh, the highest, uh, university in, the world, I think, or at least the High, country. like altitude. Sure. Yeah, 7,220 feet. Considered the world's number one natural home field advantage. Fair enough. <laughs> During this whole time, you're setting up your business. You're going through COVID. Are you and your wife still doing um, bodybuilding contests? Uh, no, it was actually, uh, so in bodybuilding, you really have to take time off. Like for, let's say it takes one year to get ready for a competition. You should take one year off. So we had just done a show. Dinah won her second world championship in Memphis, Tennessee. One of Keith, Keith Hunter's shows on um, the Memphis Muscle Showdown. So she has just won her world championship in 18, of October 18. And I won, um, I got first at Novice, I think third in the USA and also in Memphis and, um, so we had, we were like on our building up calories phase at that point. You know, I was actually going to, going to do a show in 2020 later that year, but for 2021, I just need to put on more muscle. That's like, you can't really have too much muscle and, you know, in the natural circuit as well. It's like, you know, it's a lot harder on your hormones. And that's something I recommend people do is if they, 
whether you're a male or female, you should you guys should get your hormones checked. I'm sure Trish would and Jeff I, would agree. I agree. You know, um, it, it really when you diet down and, and get you know like at a deficit, it affects your hormones. Yeah, so it, much. It's a different thing though because um, your hormones get affected, but this is actually a different philosophy in medicine that you and I talk about, like this is where functional medicine docs are a lot different than your primary care. So some primary cares will do hormone level checks um, and you're, you know, let's just insert hormone name here. And let's say the value is at five to 10 is considered normal. Well, the difference between say functional medicine docs is they're often looking at people like, like Chuck and saying, Hey, listen, you're trying to push these limits. You're trying to do these things. Maybe we don't want your, you just within the five to 10, maybe we want you closer to 10, or maybe, maybe we need you closer to five, whatever the specific hormone or, or drug panel is. And those functional medicine doctors work with patients to sometimes, you know, uh, thyroid, let's use thyroid as an example. A lot of people are comfortable with it being somewhere in the normal range, but then there's a school of thought and some more information coming out that says, well, maybe we need you on the upper level of normal because of whatever it is you're doing. The symptoms that you're having, treat the symptoms and quit worrying about that quote normal value, which probably needs to be reestablished based on more things than just you know, group of people in your age. So, so to your point, when you do those big rigorous workouts where you're really testing your body and, you know, beating yourself down, you're right. Your hormones are off. Your other blood markers may be off, but they may not be off to a level that just your good old fashioned primary care is willing to do anything about. They look at it. Oh, everything looks good, but all the, at the same time, you're losing muscle mass, you're gaining fat, you're feeling fatigued, you're not sleeping well, you're losing hair, but everything looks normal in your lab. I'd say, hey, a functional medicine doctor would look at that and say, something's not right. Those numbers, we let's tweak it. Which hormone system are we affecting here? Do we need more testosterone? Do we need more thyroid? Do we need to balance out your estrogen progesterone? Um, and that's for males and pe- females. So I get that. So you lose hormones during that peak strain- training phase. And it's, it's, it's more because of the, your nutrition than of the workout. Because, you know, to, to lose weight, most of the times you need to be at a deficit, whether it's just a little bit or maybe it's more than, let's say, let's say you normally eat 2,500 calories and you go down to 225 well, you, you might lose a good amount of weight, but you got to keep pulling, you know, if you, if you see how your body responds to it. So once you get low, low calorie, like for a guy, it might be 2000 calories. That's pretty low for a male, female. It might be, depends on the weight, like, or the age, but maybe like 1200 to a thousand, that's pretty low. And like, like Dinah, she experienced some severe metabolic adaptation where her body was even though she was trying to, from, from dieting a long period of time, she, uh, she was off the diet for like, let's say a year, then got back on and she couldn't lose any weight. She would gain weight as she was dieting. And that's when it's like your hormones are way off. And what she did is just uh, took time off, kept building the calories back up slowly. So you have to really be careful um, in the bodybuilding uh, sector, uh, especially for females. Cause the, you know, it's the estrogen, you know, it's, right. uh, it's a very, you have to be very careful. Um, especially if you have low fat diets, the data is pretty clear too, that all calories are not the same. So that's another issue that like bodybuilders and wrestlers that people that live in that have to get into these big deficits for weight cutting. It's pretty clear that, you know, a thousand a hundred calories of Snickers is not the same as a hundred calories of chicken. And that, that old school thought of calories in and calories out from a weight loss concept is not always a hundred percent accurate. That's I, correct. I agree. If everything is working correctly, it'll work. But what if you have some thyroid issues or hormonal issues? It won't. So, or it'll so, be delayed or cor- if cortisol is really high, Trish, that, right. that'll really be a roadblock. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I have low cortisol, which is surprising me. I know. And I work with, with you, all the Jeff. S- 
With I, all the stress you have? I agree. I it's because you work oh, out. It's because I work out nature's coffee. Nature, nature's coffee. <laughs> and and it's for me, it's I okay. couldn't imagine not working out. It's like so brushing I teeth can't. every Do day. You, I have no problem, Chuck. <laughs> I have no problem with Chuck, you're going to take on Jeff. He's going to be your experiment since you okay. like that word. Okay, right. tell me this. Tell me the story about your worst client. Who's that client and what makes a, a, a personal trained client bad? Okay, so I actually have a little story for you. Yeah, hopefully none you of ready? these stories are about me. Of course name is not. You're, you're awesome, Trish. Parish Perford. He's a real pain <laughs> Ryan's, in the ass. Ryan's no, I, I had this one client. Um, the only time she could train was like late at night, uh, 7.30, which for me, I've been there like at 5.30 a.m., so I was pretty tired already. So um, long story short, she had a bad attitude. It's the only, I've only fired one client and that was it. I just said, look, it's not going to work out anymore. My schedule is changing a little bit. And, um, but she just had an attitude and she was like draining. Like you ever, like just anytime I asked her to do something, she'd roll her eyes. I'm like, dude, this is like, I left that session feeling freaking beat up, man. Like, like somebody sucked called, the mojo out of me or those something. Those are called joy thieves, Chuck. Joy thieves. The we have joy a thieves. few in our lives. Yeah. Everyone. That's I, what I call them. And I try, that's the only person out of hundreds that I haven't been able to, I mean, she saw results, but it was just like, I just, there's, it, it was a vibe. Worth it. Yeah. It was a vibe. I'm just like, did she not? Okay. So you have the joy thief client. How do you know how hard to push a client? I check their heart rate. If their heart rate, that's the, that's the safest and most professional way is check, you know, check it resting. And then once they exercise, um, if it's up to like, it depends on the age, of course, you know, maximum heart rate is 220 minus your age. That's your maximum heart rate. Um, for the normal person, some people, their heart rate can go a lot higher than that. Right. But um, for this, for certain basic individuals, like average people, I just, I check their heart rate. And if it's like at from 150 to 180, I know we're in a good zone, especially if we're doing hit cardio or, you know, the heart rates around usually 120, 110 when you're lifting without lifting with weights. But then once you throw in, like, when we do the ropes or the, the assault bike, your heart rate can be up to 150 to 180. And then if it's, you can tell. Let me tell you about this assault bike. <laughs> I had Good a old-fashioned airdyne. Mm -hmm. I couldn't breathe. I got an inhaler that I haven't had to use for years. I'm coughing. And I see Chuck. I'm feeling better enough to go into the gym. He goes, I'm going to fix you. He puts me on his damn bike to do bike sprints. I can't even breathe. My muscles are cramping in my legs because there's no air getting to him. He goes, I promise this is going to make you feel better. So when I see him three days later, of course, you know, I've had three days. Again. He goes, oh, see, I told you, you're better. Yes. And that's another experiment I did. <laughs> the assault bike is probably actually one of the best pieces of exercise equipment anybody could purchase because it, it doesn't did. break. It probably also did help open up my lungs because there, I mean, it was survival of the fittest there. <laughs> that bike or me, I was going to live. You can go as hard or as soft as you'd like to go on the assault bike, which is why it works good for granny and it works good for right. granny Herford. I <sighs> will tell you, I don't think I was going very hard. Chuck, I had a towel around my neck. He goes, be the flying nun. I guess one of his clients was riding it hard enough that the towel was flying behind him. Yes. So Jim. then I was trying to trying to ride it hard enough to so you push yourself. That was actually good. But uh, 10, 20, oh, the, you couldn't go away fast enough. Because <laughs> I've had two times where I just, like, I, I just gotten over a cold. I don't get sick that much at all, but I've been sick uh, a couple times in the last few years. And I could not get rid of this like kind of mucus and phlegm in my lungs. I said, you know what? I'm going to try it. Of course he would say I that. did the assault bike. I freaking whooped my butt. I was coughing all day. But guess what? It was gone. Most of us would go for hot tea and some honey maybe. Whiskey. Lay around. Whiskey. I like, to, I like to get to the point. I, it worked. Did you say I Angelica? Did I say? Did what? you say Angelica? I didn't. Is that what you like? No, Diana likes it. It's like a liqueur. Yeah, right. Angelico or something like yeah, that. I, I thought that you said Angelico. So. No. What is your favorite type of client? Like, do you have a, is it mostly bodybuilders? Is it average Joes? What, what is it that you specialize in or, or enjoy the most? Average Joes. People that, that um, maybe let's say they're that low in confidence. They need to lose some weight. They need to feel better about themselves. 
I mean, I've, I've had people call me and said like, you changed my life and that was so worth it. That's awesome. You know, um, it was, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really fulfilling career. You know, there's, there's, there can be turnover, depends on the person, but if you really, and we met that as trainers, a lot of times trainers may try it for a few years. They're like, ah, oh, this isn't for me, but I found the niche and I, I love it. I love what I do. It's not work, you know, right? You love something you do. It's not work. And uh, I just, I love helping people. And, um, you know, I've had a lot of progress and success. And um, something else too is a client that will listen. Jeff, that's the main thing. Somebody that will listen to you. Because when they listen to you, you know what you're asking them to do or suggesting is working or not. So when people don't listen to you, they don't really see that much results. You have to change something that you're current. Like you have to have a change. It comes down to daily habits. You know, that's, Uh that's the secret. We're getting into the Chuckisms. Uh Oh, daily habits. There is some level of a simplicity to it, but it's a, it's simple, but really difficult at the same time, right? Change a habit. Well, that's simple, but it's actually really damn hard depending on whatever habit you need to change. Food is um, food is a unique animal because it's the drug that everybody uses every day. It's a drug you have to use, but it's also can be easily misused. You can do it everywhere. You can, no one ever, you can't smoke a joint at Christmas with grandma, but you can eat five turkey legs and probably nobody really might say anything. So food <laughs> is a unique animal in that regard. Fair enough. I had ever thought of it like that. No, but one, you're right. But you know what I mean? So, so it, and it's a drug, make no mistake about it. This, the science is fairly clear that food hits the same parts of our brain. Right. There's pleasure. How do you get rid of those pleasurable? I think this is, this is where I I can only speak personally, but I think you have, one, you have to have a commitment to whatever goal. And for me, it was, I wanted your wife's arms. I was told you that. I just wanted those big arms. Um, and then you get some results, which reinforces what you're doing, but you're like, but this is not at all as going as fast as you want. So, all right, make the next simple change. For me, it was eating certain types of food that I really enjoy, like gummy bears and potato chips. And I didn't deny myself. I'm just cutting back. And then I try not to drink too much wine, very rarely um, wine anymore. I go with a vodka. Thank you, Chuck. Um, You're welcome. And, you know, at some point I'll probably get more strict just to see what I can do with what how how much I can change my body. Cause now I'm actually seeing results, results that are impressive that if I, you know, go somewhere, people actually point out, Oh wow, look at that. And, you know, my leg muscles or my arms, how yeah, tone you really let yourself go until you started working with Chuck. And- Shush. Well, when, no. when we did your waist measurement, um, what was that a week ago? Yeah. I was, I knew right, right away. I was like, I was impressed. I'm, I'm serious. I was like, I okay. Mean, you were probably just, what? That's where it gets like- fun. 115 or maybe even 120 pounds. I've actually put on weight. I haven't lost <laughs> any weight, which is horrifying for women. Um, but it's definitely a different kind of weight. You've always been a very small person. I am not small. I'm like beastly. Yeah. No. I have to protect myself after our experiences in the past year. Anyway. And can I help you with that question that you asked? Yes. I kind of sort of. Um, so what I did was I had to change my mindset about food. I was thinking like, it's more, for me, it's more for function than for pleasure. I will occasionally have an ice cream, but instead of buying ice cream at the grocery store, I'll go out with my wife and kids to an ice cream like shop. I'll make it an event. You know, I don't have it out of sight, out of mind. Right. But I had to change my mindset about it because I, I struggled for when I you know, the early years of bodybuilding, I would eat perfect during the show. I might, I might actually, I shouldn't say that one time I ate perfect and I was freaking shredded. And there was a few times before that where I had like some cool whip, didn't think it would harm. Well, it did. 
But anyways, so now, now what I do though, is I do something they call like flexible dieting where it's, it, it, it fits in your macros. So you're, but you know, bodybuilding is a whole yes. different animal because yes. it is really, it's really strict. It's a lot like wrestler wrestlers deal with this too. There is really a very, very fine line between what is taken in and what's take what oh, weight. I had a girlfriend from, uh, who got into bodybuilding and I saw her out one night and she was ripped and I go, Oh my goodness, how are you doing that? She goes, I gave up my addiction to food and and drink. <laughs> I was like, you don't eat or drink. She goes, no, I just can't even think of it like that. It's just a, it's basically fuel at this point for her. And that, but that, that drives I mean, normal that's not people sustainable. away. Exactly. Right. That's not sustainable and so, or probably good for a lot of people mm-hmm. because you could do that. I mean, it really is the heart of all diet failures is you can do anything. You can do low carb and make it work, but there's some people that can't sustain that long term. So, so what about we're coming up on a new year and people want to transform or change their lives. Maybe they want to work out more, which is, you know, gym memberships go up. Maybe when they want to lose weight, maybe they want to get rid of certain habits. How do you start somebody successfully to make it through June and not through February? So what I do uh, nutrition wise, I'll have them write down what they eat and drink in the times. And then I'll just make slight changes what they're with what they're currently doing. Like, let's say they eat fried chicken or they eat like you know uh, a too big of a meal. A lot of times, what I see is people will. It comes down to food, and and Jeff, what were you talking about there earlier? Was the sustainability, the macro counting, or you know, like let's com- comparison. Let's say half a cup of rice is twenty seven carbs, grams of carbs. A, a bag of baked Lay's potato chips is 27 grams of carbs. Instead of having the rice, have the potato chips, like a little, you know, one that you get at Subway or something. Um, that is a sustainable way. But what I do is I take a baby step approach. Like you can't just, yeah, like there's an old saying, you got to shock your body. You don't want to shock your body. You want to make gradual changes that are realistic for that individual. Are Everybody's there, different. Are there supplements that are helpful for... Um, building muscle or losing weight? Yes. Yeah, there's a lot of supplements out there. Uh, I recommend having a hydrolyzed whey or like a whey protein after you work out because your body, you know, of course, absorbs liquid faster than food. And then also having a complex carb. Like my, my go-to is I'll do two scoops of hydrolyzed whey from uh, First Form. Uh, it's called uh, Formula One with a P. And I have two scoops of that. And it's, it's amazing. They got the flavor down now. It's like they got Fruit Loops. They got Cinnamon Toast Crunch, uh, Magic Charms. You know, it's really good. And then I do a cup of oatmeal um, for pre-workout. My, uh, my coach, John Gorman, actually has a, a supplement company called Fat Muscle Project, and he has L-carnitine. I take that, and then I also take ketones, um, which Trish, you started those. You've been seeing I the did. results. So, so what it is, it's like your body is in a ketogenic state for a certain time period, like say four to five hours, but you're not on the ketogenic diet. You're just drinking the ketones because when you're, when you're doing the Atkins or the, you know, uh, what's another pot, a keto, if you do a keto diet, right? Ketogenic, your, your body's releasing ketones. So you're drinking the ketones instead of doing the diet. And I, I tell you what, and I'm not really a bad, it doesn't taste bad at all. Yeah, it's it's really good. I'm I'm impressed with it. Um, and then also, okay, here's one other thing, you guys: gut health. That's something that I think gets overlooked a lot of times. Gut health is so important. That microbiome coming right back at you, buddy. Microbiome. You haven't talked about the microbiome in about six weeks. I know. That's your thing. It well, is my thing. Like that, Trish is probably the number one issue. The number one issues I see is there's well, there's there's three number one issues. You ready? Oh my! You ready? All right. Yep. Number one is gut health. Number two is sleep. Number three is a lot of times people are dehydrated. That would be me. Sleep and yeah. dehydration are my. So those are your three number ones. Sleep is a definitely an, an animal. Sleep is. It's not addressed. I mean, our sleep hygiene in this, in this country is generally pretty pissy. So 
we have uh, a few Chuckisms because we could go on and on. <laughs> this is fun, you guys. I'm having a great time. I love to help people to be their best and then some. Or at in tit- at Titanium where um, Chuck's gym is on the wall, it's strengthen your body, strengthen your mind, which is true. Because if you lose your body, if you become less active, your mind goes really quickly thereafter. So I would say that for every population, especially our patients, definitely want to stay active. If we can't keep you active, then we're not doing our jobs because you will decline faster mentally when your body's not working, not doing something. So he does it on a much nicer scale than we do it, but our emphasis in in this practice is really to keep people moving. How long do people tend to work with personal trainers on average? Well, on average, that's a good question because I have some clients that will do like six months. I have some clients that have been training with me for seven years. Wow. Eight years. We've been, we'll be in business for eight years in March, like Bob Borchert. God bless Bob. He, uh, he just came back and, uh, he's, it was one of my first clients. And, you know, for somebody like that, that's in her seventies, it's like, this is the fountain of youth. This will keep you alive longer. No, no nonsense. Like increase, you know, uh, here's another chuckism for you. Um, hopefully I don't chuck it up, but uh, I'm kidding. <laughs> that's a bad joke. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, increase circulation, decrease inflammation. How true is that? Just moving, getting the blood flow, not being sedimentary, you know, and if somebody doesn't have access to a gym, if you did, I'm going to challenge everybody out there, do every day, do a one minute plank. And the way, you know, your position's right is put your eyes over your hands Okay. And look at that imaginary bullet oatmeal with blueberries on top. See, now you won't forget. I added that little, little spin in there, but that's just something you can do. And if you can't do a plank yet, maybe, you know, do it on your knees and then lift up one knee at a time. Just do something, challenge yourself. If you push yourself in the weight room, you push yourself in life. The one thing that stops people from succeeding is themselves. Drugs, drugs. Visualize, (laughs) visualize your success. Oh, let's talk about drugs before we we uh, get too much farther here. THC and muscle workouts. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I think it's, uh, can I tell you a quick story? Sure. Okay. So there was this bodybuilder in Chicago. I didn't know this guy, but it was a friend of a friend. And he was freaking like in incredible shape, like 5% body fat. I saw a picture of him. He's ripped, like model material, right? So right before the show, he went out and had some THC, you know, the old, old fashioned way. Um, and he was in Chicago. No. Yeah. Well, and, and, and what it just, it opens up your muscles so much, your, your blood vessels so much. So after that, he had some like simple sugars, which you do before you compete on stage, you're depleted. Right. So you usually have either red wine or you can have some honey. Well, he had like a handful, a couple of Reese's peanut butter cups, and he said the feeling he had was just an amazing pump. And I, you know, occasionally when I uh, perform that activity, I will like <laughs> a half hour later, like five to t- I'm telling you, five to 10 milligrams of TAC will help your muscles fill up. Like I, it's like a pre-workout, but it's not like you're like just way out of it. You know, you got to be able to function, but I'm just saying it can help. You know, I mean, it's like you feel a little bit of a muscle pump. I don't know. What about you guys? Have you ever experienced that before? Well, I've never tried. So I'd like to if it gets rid of that warm up feeling. It's a natural way to have your um, blood vessels open up, really. I mean, and if you're in pain, I mean, a lot of people use that for pain management now. I mean, eventually, I think it's going to be legal nationwide, but I agree. You know, I mean, it's it's been around for. I don't know, millions of years, thousands of years. But uh, we've had that discussion a few times. It, it, it can't it can have that effect where it's kind of like a pre-workout, but you have to do it. You can't do too much or too little. It's got to be just right. It's like, And that's the trouble with cannabis is what is just right for people. Okay, how often should people, the normal Joe or Jane or however you want to say it, how often should they work out? And is it different for... Men and women. Um, I wouldn't really say it's different for men and women. I say it's more about your lifestyle. Um, five days a week would be excellent, but realistically, maybe like three for some. Um, I could say work out seven days a week and they might work out three, but 
if you, if you really want to see results five days a week, I work out six days a week. Um, and I, you know, I do martial arts as well. And, uh, and that period of weights has really helped a lot. Um, and it's fun, but, um, he's I would a national say champion. I forgot to mention that. Yeah. Thank, that you true. thank you, Trish. National champion in what discipline? Uh, Taekwondo. Taekwondo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Little Rock, Arkansas. It was, uh, I guess two months ago. Uh, it was the last, uh, competition uh, at nationals. Um, but it, it was fun, but yeah, I would say five days a week. If you can't do five days a week, do three days a week, do what works for you. Even if it's 20 minutes, get something in, you know, it's, um, you have to take care of yourself because nobody else will. Okay. That is a good Chuckism right there. I just made that up. <laughs> January 1st, coming right up before we wrap this up. What would you tell people who want to make a change? I would say quit thinking about it and start doing it. Because even if you want to see a change, it's not going to happen because you want it to. It's going to happen, happen because you put the work in. You know, and you don't have to do this anything like super crazy. Do a little bit. Mm-hmm. Start with a little bit. And if you don't feel like doing something, do it anyways. Right. Just put on your shoes. Put on your shoes. I mean, it just... Uh, Challenge yourself, you know, make, make a, make a bet with yourself. I bet myself 20 bucks that I can't make it to the gym today, you know, prove yourself wrong. And I see a lot of insecure. Another thing that happens a lot of times that people are insecure about themselves and have a lot of self doubt. It's all in your head. You got to remember that. Right. Like, and there's something else I wanted to uh, talk about today, especially with the whole new year's thing coming up is that, a lot of times people are intimidated. They think people are going to judge them at the gym. In all honesty, that's all in their head. That's not true. Somebody like myself that's been working out for you know 20 years, if I saw somebody that was really out of shape in the gym, I'd say, I'm really happy they decided to take action and make a difference in their life. Right. So if, if you guys are scared and intimidated, that's all in your head. It's all in your head. All right, you got to let go and just do it. Do it. Why does it matter? What, what does it matter what somebody thinks of you if you don't even know them? Absolutely agree. That's a level of maturity that takes you know? a long time to get to for some people. So going into the gym, finding the right gym, just doing it, getting motivated, um, setting goals for yourself, and don't make them too outrageous. Yeah. Yeah, just, just the hardest part is showing up. That's the hardest part, you know? And another, another thing too is do what's convenient for you. Do what's convenient. Do, do something that's, uh, like Jeff was saying, like realistic, food-wise and also gym-wise. Now your gym is in Brentwood. Correct. Is that right? Brentwood. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then do you train all day long? Like, yes. I mean, basically whenever people need to meet, you can be there? Yeah, from... 5.30 a.m. till about 6 p.m. And then uh, Elliot, God bless his heart. He's a retired principal. He's awesome. Um, he does a lot of times mornings and evenings and uh, some days. So, But we're also 24 hours. So the we have one of those schlaggy locks. Did I say that right? Is that schlaggy? I don't have any idea. The schlaggy? <laughs> it's, it's, uh, I think that's how, you, that's how I say it. So I've never heard of that. It's, it's, a, it's a keyless entry. You type in a four-digit code. And the gym's all yours. So your clients not only can go when you're there, but then they can go just on their on their own? Correct. I, I guess I misunderstood that, that Titanium Fitness was a gym as much as it is you. I guess I, I didn't understand that part, but it's a gym. No, it is a gym. It's, it used to be just, Titanium Fitness used to be just a person. Now it's a person and a place. Got it. And I like to say we're like, cheers. Everybody knows your name. That's right. You know, I make it a duty that I know everybody that walks in that door. That's part of, I think, being a teacher is it was important that I knew everybody's name. Because I know how it feels if somebody doesn't know your name. You're like, that kind of sucks. You know, but anyways, you, you want people to feel welcomed. But you guys, a lot, you know, just if I just want one thing of advice I can give you is just you know, believe in yourself and, and, and do it, make a difference. It's, it's, it's not as hard as you probably think for all the times you think about it and don't do something. This could be for anything. It's probably not as hard as you think, just do it, you know, just get after it and find somebody when you're finding a gym, 
find somebody that really is passionate and cares. It's not just a job. Like for, for me, it's not a job. It's my legacy. Wow. I, I can't screw it up. One other thing I want to talk about is uh, these sauces. And Chuck has brought a couple of the bottles of um, basically... Uh, redhead Chipotle Yeah, sauce. Redhead Chipotle sauce. Redhead. So when I met uh, Chuck's wife, she gave me a bottle and sat there and she was like, uh, have you tried it? Have you tried it? And I was like, you know, at some point I'm going to be motivated to eat healthier because my my diet is not health or was not healthy. It's definitely gotten a lot healthier. Um, so finally I open it. I'm addicted to stuff. It's spicy without being too hot. It's tasty. I put it on. Chuck says he puts it on everything. I literally put it on my vegetables. I'm eating meat again. So I put it on meat. It's amazing. I'd probably put it on cereal if I eat cereal, but I don't. <laughs> I've actually tried it with ice cream at the state fair. <laughs> That's I, I a little had, bizarre. I had a, I had a girl, there was a girl that had, we, we had a sample. We were sampling sauce and she had this like honey ice cream. <laughs> so she tried the it. sauce. I said, do me a that favor, spicy, try sweet. it. And she actually thought it was good. It is good. So, and when you barbecue this weekend or grill or cook, try that, Jeff. That stuff is good. And we just came out with a barbecue sauce as well. It's only got 20 calories. So where can you get delicious nutrition stuff? Uh, fresh time, all the fresh time stores. We will be in the foundry, uh, very soon. We're just getting through some, uh, technical stuff, but we're in all the fresh times in the St. Louis and Fairview Heights area. And also supplement superstores. Uh, they were the first ones. Well, Pratzel's Deli was the first one to give us a chance, but supplement superstores was the first larger company to give us a chance to sell the sauce. This and, would be uh, good with pretzels. It's, <laughs> it, it makes eating healthier actually much easier. It's tasty. You, yeah. You add flavor, yeah, not calories. That's the part that that's I hate it with diet. The word diet too. Exercise yeah. and diet. Both of those need to go away from our and vernacular. Can I give a closing the word? Can I give a closing uh, statement or yeah. phrase? So don't go on a diet. Don't diet. Just have a healthy lifestyle. Right. The word diet, what do you think of? Die. What's the first, I'll die if Jeff, I Jeff, what's the first thing you think of when you hear the word diet? Eating. What's the first thing? Eating. It makes me hungry. Yeah. Restriction. Too. I think a restriction. Yeah, restriction. I, uh, as soon as somebody tells me I can't have something, this is right when I want it. All right, Chuck. This was so much fun, you guys. We got to do a oh, part you're not two. Done yet, oh, Chuck. you're not Hang on. done. Oh, we're not done? Okay, no. cool. We're this still going. Our, this is our favorite part. All right, Chuck, it's time for our favorite part of the podcast. This is called Getting Hammered. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Five questions, top of mind answer. It's not deep thought stuff. We just want you to rattle off your first first thing that comes to the top of your mind. You got five questions. Yes, sir. Are you good with that? Let's do it. All right. Question number one. If you could meet and have dinner with any person who ever lived, who would it be and why? George Washington. First president of the United States. I think that would be, I just, it'd be amazing to see what times were like back then. You just want to see his wooden teeth. Uh, I, I was just thinking of that. That is so funny you said that, Trish. <laughs> and just like what those guys go through. And uh, yeah, that, that's it, George Washington. Question number two If you could have any superpower, what would you choose? To fly. Yeah, good one. Without per- question. Tell him what you told him. Mine was better. <laughs> what was it? Speak any language. And understand any language. Okay. Yeah. Chuck, you can tell her that she'll still work out with you. Just tell her that was a I, dumb I'd like answer. to be invisible <laughs> so you wouldn't know when I punched you, Jeff. It's maybe more realistic than flying <laughs> at this point. Question number three. What is one of the things on your bucket list? To, I think I've, Trish, I think I've told you this, uh, to go from St. Louis on a boat down the Mississippi, down to New Orleans, and go down the, to the Keys, like just half all the, the Great Loop. Then, I, you know, that's one of mine too. Then a second trip, I would start up in, uh, I guess, Michigan or Minnesota, and come down. Oh, because that's really uh, Mississippi actually starts in Minnesota. Yeah, it's a stream. the loopers you can go through the Great Lakes and make a whole loop. So that I want, so I want cool. to do the loop. There are whole books on this. Yeah, and Gre- going to Greece. If I could have a second choice. Question number four. What's your favorite holiday? Fourth of July. 
Oh, that's a good one. I love 4th of July, man. A lot of good memories in the <sighs> summer. Again, boating and just, I love the summertime. What? You, Dr. Herford had a look on her eye. No, I was surprised. And we've been talking about food. Nobody said Thanksgiving, Fourth which happens to be my- That's mine. Yeah. Thanksgiving? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Herford's the same way. Yeah. I, I think of three things when I think of 4th of July. Shorts, t-shirts, and His BO. wife and a yeah. bikini. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, yeah. Question number five. If you could be any animal, what would you be? Man. Hmm. It's a toss up between a bear or a lion. Those are. It's hard to. I'd probably say. We need to have more lion. female guests. I want to see where females go with this. Because it's a very male answer. A bird. I think it would be cool though to swim. Not any of the women I know. They're, and, they're lions, to, bears. Yeah, to, to breathe underwater. How cool would that be? That'd yeah. be awesome. Well, we want to thank Mr. Chuck Beckham for joining us today. Dr. Trish, tell them if they want to reach out to Chuck, help them reach their goals, where would they go? Titanium Fitness. That's 854 Hanley Industrial Court, Brentwood, Missouri. Phone number 314-603-9139. Chuck, man, thanks for joining us. We uh, enjoy talking to you. It's always great. You are a really positive dude and uh, just a really good guy. I really appreciate it. you uh, spending time with us. Hey, thank you. I appreciate you guys. And this was a lot of fun. Thank you, thank Chuck. You. Until next time, this has been the Double Dose Podcast with Dr. Trish and Jeff Todd. 